Praise the Lord. Here we are. 2023, we're already uh, halfway into January. What happened? Incredible. Well, last week we, we started in, uh, I felt a, a word to start the year with, and that was one of repentance. Now, even in light of what Haley just said, you can never discount the need for repentance. In fact, it's so, it was, it's so important to receiving Jesus that a guy called John the Baptist was actually sent to prepare the way of the Lord. And how did he prepare the way of the Lord? How did he make the Lord's path straight? He was to lay a foundation of repentance, a, a con confrontation, as it were, with our minds compared to that, the mind of the kingdom of God. And it should be no surprise to any of us that God's thoughts and God's ways are very different from humanity's thoughts and ways. The infinite versus the finite, the creator versus the created, that there would be differences on many things, if not all. And I talked about the culture affecting the way our minds think, where you're from, the culture you're brought up in, the country you're brought up in, the family you're brought up in, how many siblings you have, whatever abuses you suffered, whether you had a good father or a bad father, wherever, whatever social strata you found yourself, whether you were poor, whether you are wealthy, all of these conform and, and, and mindset of how you navigate. And Jesus is coming to each one of us in that state saying, change your mind. It's a wonderful thing because it takes everyone in this room, regardless of culture and history, and puts us on the same page in mindset. And we've been, we've been investigating in, before Christmas, we've been investigating what Paul had to say to the Ephesian church, a Gentile church that lived in a very pagan culture. And I think it's very appropriate that he would speak to us in the culture that we're in. And today, I just want to highlight again some of the things we've gone over because it's been a while since we talked about Ephesians, and we're already into Ephesians chapter four. And I just want to—I just want to sort of summarize and remind us of what the Bible says concerning who we are and who Jesus is. And in in that, even as a Christian, to me, this is a Christian. You've got your past that affects you. You've got the Word of God, and there's sometimes this weird mixture. And if I were just to go around with a mic today and say, hey, what did Jesus accomplish? Who is Jesus? Who does Jesus say he is? Who are you in him? What are you? How much of that would be from the word of God or how much would that just be from your culture? And dare I say the weird first world Christian culture. There's a lot of weirdness in it. That you don't find in the Bible when you read the Bible. So let's look at it. I just want to go through and remind us of what the Bible says about who we are. Why is that important? Because Paul is going to exhort us onto things. He's going to challenge us. He's going to be in our finger in the face going, hey, guys. And if we don't have a revelation of this, we will not be able to fulfill what he's calling us to. Because Paul calls you to who you are spiritually, not to who you are in the natural. Remember Gideon, wine press. A total wimp, coward, mighty man of God. He called him to who he is spiritually, not who he is in the natural. And that's what we are doing here as we go through Ephesians, looking at what the Bible says. I want to look at what the Bible says concerning our condition and our position. 
I can tell you, preachers love the way that goes so, together. You know, the P's, the five P's, the ten, ten, the ten, you know, C's, all that stuff. But condition and position is incredibly important. You cannot be ignorant of what this is, or you will never walk in sustained victory. It might be the reason that you're up and down. I was so tight with God. What happened? It's because you are inundated every day with attacks on condition and position. So you will see that in your own walk and in the walks of those people around you who, I knew this guy, he was on fire for the Lord, he was going full boom, and now he's off, doing whatever. What happened? I'm not saying it's solely this, but this is a big part of it. So let's look at the Word of God, Ephesians in particular, to highlight. Just as you would open an anatomy book to find out what's in a human, I want to open an anatomy book to find out what's in a human spiritually. What does the Word of God say? And just accept it, just as you accept the anatomy book, although I've never cut myself open, to find out if it's true. I just accept it by faith. So let's start. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you, and we just honor you, and we just open our heart to you. We want to receive the Word and graft it, which is able to save our souls. Change our minds, Lord. We yield our minds to you, to your Word. Jesus' name, amen. Who were you before you met Jesus Christ? What does Paul say in Ephesians? And you were dead in your offenses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all previously lived in the lust of the flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the rest. It's amazing what he can say in three verses. Now, I've gone into this. I'm not going to go deep into it because we've already covered this before. But the key here is you used to walk in the ways of the world, and you were spiritually dead. You were dead. You could not reach out to God. There was no connection. If you realize that, in, in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3, it says, if you eat of this tree, you will die. Well, you remember when they ate of it? They didn't die. So what died? The spirit. And you will know this. It's interesting that spiritual ramifications have natural effects. That's an interesting thing. Because what they did was a physical act, but it actually was a spiritual act. And the spiritual act has effects on the natural. And sin entered, and we know the story. So we were dead. Yes, outside of Christ, there is only death, according to this book, according to Paul. Number two, concerning us as Gentiles in particular, Ephesians, as it were, we were cut off from God. Therefore, remember the, that formerly you were Gentiles in the flesh, called uncircumcised by the so-called circumcised, that done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time, you were separate from God, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of the promise, without hope, without God in the world. We were dead and we were alienated. But God, rich in mercy, reached out. Often you'll hear me say, if God's touching you and, and, and on you right now at the end of a meeting, please stay. Because God must move. Everything that's required of you before God, he initiates and works with. 
Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for he that works in you. We looked last week about a godly repentance. So God is working with our will. As we engage in repentance, God is right there. So you have to understand that God is working as we work, as our will is engaged. As we engage, God is engaged. And so God reached out and touched us and showed us and drew us. And the goodness of God led us to repentance. But we were, our condition was dead and alienated. But, and this is the amazing thing in Ephesians chapter 2, but because of the great love for us, God's great love for us, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our trespasses. So remember before you came to Christ and came to serve him, you were already thought of in Christ. You could not partake of it because it is by faith. But as while Christ was crucified, he was thinking of you, your sins, your trespasses. So God's love is a critical revelation. And I will actually do another slide on this because Paul continues to repeat this. I believe many people in this room, myself included, particularly if you haven't had a great upbringing, parents, father in particular, struggle with the revelation of the love of God. Sorry, for some reason it's not showing the grace of God. I'm just going to read it. Another revelation is necessary here for us to walk in is the grace of God. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Okay? So we've got grace, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Amazing. In order that the coming ages he might display the surpassing riches of his grace demonstrated by his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. It is so important for us to know these attributes of God. It's so important for us to know the attributes of what we used to be. It is hard to be thankful today if you don't know where you've come from. You say, be thankful to God. You're like, why? You don't know where I come from, what I was before him. By grace, we are saved. By grace. And God raised us up. Notice the position. And we're going to summarize this at the end, but allow me to repeat myself. Where are you right now spiritually, positionally, by the scripture? Seated in Christ. Lord, help us. We just pray for revelation. I get it, man. The Lord knows. He knows what we are. Everyone here is naked and laid bare before him. He knows exactly what you're thinking. He knows everything that's in the way. Say, Lord, have mercy. Reveal yourself to us. How we partake. How we partake of the love, the grace, forgiveness by faith. It's by faith. It's by faith. And faith is not a work. If you think faith is a work, go read Romans chapter 4. There's a whole chapter on it. Abraham believed God and was counted to him as righteousness. And then it goes into if it's a work, it's owed, and so on and so forth. Faith is not a work by the definition of this book. Even Jesus says, I believe it's Luke 6, Matthew 6, where this is the work that's required of you is to believe on the Son of God. 
You want something to do? Nick, I need something to do. Yeah, have faith. That's what it is. Have faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance as our way of life. Note that you're created in Christ Jesus for good works. You were not created in the beginning of your life for good works, but only in Christ are good works deemed as good works. It is in Christ that you have been created for good works. Outside of Christ, the good works, it says, none that doeth good, no, not one. All the good works are filthy rags. So it's only through Christ that good works are acceptable to God. Now, we can insist on our own good works like Cain versus Abel, but it still will not shift the truth that good works come through Christ, faith in him alone, before God. Therefore, you are no longer strangers. You ever walk into a room the first time and it's full of people? I'm always amazed people come and they're bold and they're on their own. They come to the church, come in the dark. I'm like, that's courage. But we are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of God's household. No longer strangers, no longer alienated, no longer dead, but alive. I got to repeat this, and actually Lisa spoke this in the prayer room. The depth and impact of God's love. I ask that out of the riches of his glory, he may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Then you being rooted and grounded in love. And we went through that. Remember that picture of being rooted and grounded? will have power. How many here want power? Rooted and grounded in his love. I often feel like, are you square with God? Like some, if you're insecure with the Father, how do you think you're going to, as it were, do the works of the Father? Are you square with him? Is everything good with him? Are we walking in tandem? Are we rooted and grounded in his love? Because out of that comes all that we desire. Together with all the saints, to com- just to comprehend the length, the width, the height, the depth of the love of Christ, to know that the love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all fullness of God. And what I love about, and I pointed this out doing math with my son, is, is when you go with the length and the height and the depth, that's volume. Length times width. It's this volume of God's love. And it's, it's amazing with your children, my own children. You so want to express to them that you love them. Do you know I love you? I remember my mom used to ask me, you know I love you? Yes, I know you. But you, as a parent, you really want your children to know that you, they're loved. No, no, you don't get it. I love you. Because out of love comes all of the myriad of, 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 of the, the backing of God. It's like when Jesus, in the, he's getting baptized, and this is, says, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. He could have said many things. But he, but he said the most ultimate thing, this is my son. That statement is pregnant with the backing of heaven. That means that he's the father. And it's such a, it's such a need for that deep revelation within us as the, as the storms blow in life, as things go on, as challenges come. God, have you left me? Well, would you leave your child? Maybe you would. I don't know. But he wouldn't leave you. 
the depths of the love of God. I just want to go through a list that we went through as a reminder of your position in Christ. We did this in Ephesians chapter 1. And Lord, if we had a revelation on this, <laughs> hold me back, Lord. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Now, I understand you might get the health and wealth preachers who would say that's every spiritual blessing in this realm, but it's not what it says. It's every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms. And believe me, when you start to get into the thick of the warfare and you start to grow in Christ, you realize that is where the authority is, and that is what you want. To have any effect on the planet, it all comes down to authority. And who is your submitted to? He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his presence. I love that. We're chosen before the foundation of the world. In love, he predestined us for adoption as his sons through Christ Jesus. It's one thing to be forgiven of sin because of Christ. But to adopt us into his family. It even says we're co-heirs with Christ Jesus. It says that his spirit testifies to our spirit when we get saved that we are children of God by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The intimacy of that word, Abba. And we, most of us will have heard sermons on that. Daddy. Remarkable. Not just a position and an acknowledgement of a position of authority, but an acknowledgement of that authority, the relationship with it. Adoption. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have histories and pasts. That's why Jesus came. If you've ever watched The Passion of the Christ, you can see what God's view on sin is when you see him on the cross. It's sort of a glimpse. When Jesus cries out, um, why have you forsaken me? Do you know you're forgiven in Christ? Or is it all with the accusations? I'm telling you, when you get up and you want to start serving the Lord and you want to go on with calling, this will, this will hound you if you don't know the Scriptures, if you don't proclaim the finished work of Jesus Christ. This will dog you. It will bring it up. Remember what you used to do? It's been forgiven. I have repented. It's under the blood. And if the holy God can say it's a, that the blood of Christ is enough, it's enough. And if he can say, I can come before his throne with boldness, Hebrews chapter 3, it must be enough. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will. We went through that. I mean, we know it, so we don't know what it's like not to know it. But there was multiple generations and generations of prophets and people that longed to look into this thing they were prophesying. What is this mystery of the gospel, Christ in you? You understand, they couldn't even go in the temple to see God into the Holy of Holies. They couldn't get that. But now that he would live within us, all of these various prophecies given, he would be born of a child. What? Born as a baby? What? I, it doesn't make sense. But unto us now, we can connect what it all meant with the prophecies. This has been given to us. In him, 
we also obtain an inheritance. How we all wouldn't mind getting a call one day that a long-lost relative has left us something. Like, hey, Nick, you know, you didn't know this, but because I'm from the UK, we emigrated. You had an uncle, you know, he owned a castle. And it seems like it's yours. It seems like it's yours. So I just, I'm just amazed at this, that we have an inheritance. It says in Ma- uh, uh, Matthew chapter 6 to, to, to not seek riches and wealth and things of this world, but store up your treasure in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. It's to seek that which is above, not that which is on the earth. But there's inheritance waiting for each of us that, that we press on. And Nick, how do you know there's an inheritance? Well, he says there's a deposit. Look, sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of the promise, who is the first installment of the inheritance. Isn't that amazing? Do you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Because if you don't, don't be content not to hear him. He is your point guard. He is your guide. He is the person who leads us. And we must hear his voice. He is the one that reveals scripture. He works in tandem with the word of God to reveal the truths of God's word. You can study the scripture, but if it's devoid of the spirit of God, it falls on deaf ears and actually leads to a lot of legalism and weirdness if you actually follow it or, or weird other things, philosophies. That's why we need the Word of God and the Spirit of God working in our lives. But the Spirit of God is, the, is a deposit, a seal, that He's coming back. He gives us and can encourage us in this hope. Every one of these points you'll be challenged on pretty much. I, I encourage you in the memorization of Scripture. If you remember, I said in Matthew chapter 4, I said it many times, Jesus just quoted Scripture. To, to Satan. And he quoted very obscure scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 8. How many times he quoted that? And every time Satan would come to him, he'd boom. Proclamation. The word of God is our sword, and we'll get into that actually in Ephesians chapter 6. But ignorance of these things, will, you, will, you, will, you will not be able to push through. I'm telling you from my own experience and experience of other people. Ignorance is not bliss. <laughs> I don't know who came up with that saying. Ignorance is bliss. What is your condition as a Christian? What is our position? I want to summarize here with what... It may seem simplistic how I'm going to present this, but there's such depth to it that we may not understand, but we can still partake in it. You sitting here right now, as a Christian, what is your position? I know you feel this way. I'm not talking about feeling. And I've said this many times, that I can feel like something, but I'm still a Canadian. I have a passport that says it. I was born in Whitehorse, Yukon, et cetera, et cetera. I've been born again of Jesus Christ. I have good days and bad. But it does not, stay, it does not change my position. Jesus was crucified. For sin. Our sin, sorry. He was crucified for the sins of the world. If you're going to study this, and I know Edith sometimes looks back, go and read Romans chapter 6. We've been crucified with Christ. Paul says this in Galatians as well. We have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. So when you put faith in Jesus today, and you, put, you are put into what Christ has done, 
you are in Christ in his death. So that when you are buried, you are buried in him. This is Romans chapter 6. So that when he was raised, you were raised. Many people stay in the death. And they say, woe is me. I suck as a Christian. I'm always falling short. You've heard the sermons. Guy gets up and goes, I, I sin. I sin all the time. I sin I sinned all the way to church. I'm like, why are you talking there? Like, what are you talking about? This constant, like, this is, Jesus came to save us from the dominion of sin. It's in the scriptures. His name shall be Jesus, and he will save them from their sin. Not just the penalty of their sin, but from their sin. It just says it in the, in the book. And he has risen to newness of life so that we might rise to newness of life. We need to understand the cross. We need to understand the burial, but we need to really embrace the resurrection. That is where the life is. Because if Christ did not rise from the dead, we're all lost. This is where the power is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then as we just read, he's seated in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. As a Christian, if you're in Christ, this is what you partake in. In the major things that Christ has done. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You were dead. You were alienated. You were lifeless. You were completely vulnerable. You were without hope and without God. You were blind. You were deaf. You were dumb. You were forsaken. And the worst of it all, you loved your sin. You had an appetite for it. You longed for the things of darkness. But at some point in our lives, the shaft of light broke through, boom, and drew us out and saw that the ways of the world, the ways of sin, was death. And at some point, you realize you deserved it. And overwhelmed by the, the, what, the love of God and what Christ has done, we get it, we, we bow our knee, and we call out to God, and in repentance, we agree with him in his pronouncement of death for the wages of sin. We don't make a defense before the judge saying, no, 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 I'm not that bad. Because all have sinned before the bar of God's judgment. And because no one could ever make up for their, their sin by, their, by doing good acts, God sent his own son. And you want to talk about love. And he had that mind in him when we spoke of it, Philippians, that this mind be in you that was in him. And he made himself lower than the angel. He came as the sacrificial lamb. And it was compelled by love for you. And he died, and he was buried, and he was risen, and he's ascended. And so we have died, and we've been buried, and we've been risen, and we have ascended. It's in the book. I, it's like right, this is not even places you have to go. You know, the guys get into the weird horns and, and Daniel, and they're all like trying to piece things. This is explicit in Scripture. And what I long for in my own life and I long for the, your lives is that we see a full-blown Jesus going on in our lives. That we can have a revelation of this, this, these basic principles, it seems, in this book. That we can lay aside and prepare for what's coming. Make a decision this year to get serious. To put aside the appetites of the flesh, the things that are enslaving us, the things that are getting in the way, and embrace our identity in Christ. To realize if you're with the pigs and you're eating out of the pigs and so on, that your father is calling you back and he wants to put a ring on your finger and a robe on you and he wants you to act like you are. 
and to quit acting like an animal, like a sinner, like the one in darkness, that we would embrace who we are. I did a lot of street ministry with Lisa. You see a lot of drug addicts, a lot of various things going on in the streets in Victoria in particular. And I've seen what drugs in you looks like. I've seen what crack in you looks like. I've seen the degradation of it. I've seen what marijuana in you looks like. I've seen what alcohol in you looks like. I just long to see what Christ, full-blown Christ looks like. But I, I just, I'm just longing for the expression, that he would have his expression. That he would have his expression in this church. There's lots of churches, Nick. What are you doing? Why are you just... Because I just want to see God step down in West Vancouver and the shore and what God has for the city that he would meet us and meet Jesus. And I would just encourage you that this is the position. So if you keep thinking that you're a really bad sinner, stop sinning. Repent. And if you keep getting aware of your, your shortcomings, be aware of Christ. The key to walking on water is not awareness of you. Paul says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. When I take communion, I ask the Lord to cross-examine me, not me. I do not walk with a continual awareness of my faults, wrong, my, my sin, my shortcomings. I allow the Holy Spirit to do that. I am aware of Christ and Christ alone. When we walk into the challenges we face, you watch the media, you watch the school system, you watch all that's going on, I see a lot of Christians like, what are we going to do? Stand up is what you're going to do. And your weapons of warfare are not carnal. They're not of the world. It's not about fighting flesh on flesh. It's about spiritual, putting on Christ. And when it says to put on Christ, you put on this. It's to walk in this. And this, this revelation is so extremely important to us as we go on in Ephesians because he's going to call you higher. He's going to say, humble yourself. What do you mean? I don't know if I can do that. Look who you are. Yes, you can. Draw from the spirit, not from the flesh. The flesh has been crucified. He's going to continue to call us in our spiritual condition and position. When you read what Paul has written in the first three chapters, and you didn't know anything about Christianity, you go, whoa, man. I'd like to meet this guy, these people. Wow. If we don't lay hold of the truths, these truths, we're going around the mountain. I don't care what you feel you have and you're proclaiming over yourself for 2023. If you do not lay hold of the truths, the foundational truths, it's going to start like sinking sand. It's all about foundations. You're going to sink. I don't care how beautiful your house looks, how beautiful your ministry looks. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. The foundations, these foundations, it is impossible to fulfill the call of God in our life in the old position and condition in this mind. Nick, you don't understand I'm weak. Yeah, but he's not weak. You don't understand, Nick, I don't have enough money. Yeah, but he doesn't have enough money. Or he has the money. It's, it's about deflection. It's no longer I, it's Christ. It's Christ. Just stand with me as we close. Thank you, Lord. These guys are going to play a little tune, um, a little worship music here. I just want you to consider. This is what the Lord said when he's talking to the minds. 
Come, let us reason together. Just consider what God says about you in Christ. If you don't know the Lord, it's really simple. It says, repent, change my, confess your sins, and call out to Jesus. Holy Spirit, we just ask you, who knows the hearts and minds of people, that you would just pour over this place. We long to be for the world to see our good works and give glory to the Father. We long to put off the constraints of all the stuff that's built up around you, around the world that's not even about you. We long for the kingdom of God to advance, not just the church to advance. We're not looking for our ministries to advance. We're looking for the kingdom of God to go forth. Oh, how the culture and the community needs you, Lord, and needs us to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. I long for the burdens to fall off our backs, the past to be broken, the abuse to be broken, the various excuses to be shut, that we would follow Jesus, embrace what you say about us, embrace this anatomy book as it were. We long to be useful to the master. We long to live in hope and peace, not in fear and resentment. Break it off, Lord. We last just new vision this year. New, choose you this day. Help us repent. Work in us, oh God, as we meet you there. Thank you, Lord. Just open your hearts. Thank you, Lord.